Good morning, friends. You've tuned into Faith Communications of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. We're delighted that you joined us today. Our hope is that today's message will help you to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. As we listen to today's message, keep in mind that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Now let's go right into today's broadcast. Continuing to make a way and a path for each and every one of us. Fulfilling the purpose and the callings you have on our lives. Father, thank you for fresh vision for each of us in this year of 2020 of perfect vision, Father. We just thank you, Lord, that you are creating and birthing and clarifying vision in each of our lives, no matter our age or whether we're retired or just getting started in the workforce, whatever It doesn't matter, Lord. You are constantly giving us vision and showing us the way. Father, thank you for the promises in your word that we can stand on. Thank you for the promises in your word that we can stand on. Whether it be for healing or health, for relationships, and just our walk with you, Lord, we're just so thankful that we can stand on your word. We thank you, Lord, that that is a firm foundation for us each and every day. So, Father, as we enter into your courts with thanksgiving, Father, tonight, that you would just meet us right where we are, right here, 5900 Starantania Road in Fairview, Pennsylvania, but it's really Mill Creek. Who would know? You know exactly where we are tonight. And so, Father, we just want to be in your presence tonight. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Stand with me. Let's worship. Thank you, Lord. Just keep feeling the word stand tonight before we even sang that song. I just want to read out of Ephesians 6 for a minute. Says finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. When we are standing, we are standing in the midst of a storm in the power of his might. It says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand. So, Father, tonight we just stand in your presence. We stand under your power, under your might. You providing strength to our bones and to our muscles, not just physically, but spiritually. We just stand tonight in your presence. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, may we not look to the right or to the left. Keep our eyes focused completely on you. No matter the storm, no matter the challenge, 
no matter the tribulation or test or trial, we stand and keep our eyes focused on You. Father, I thank You for that strength tonight for each and every one of us here. The strength to stand. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Father, thank You, Lord. Mm. Thank You, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Mm -hmm. Just take a moment and just thank Him for who He is, for the strength that He's given you, each and every one of us. Thank Him for His Holy Spirit. Thank you for sending His Son. Thank you for redemption. Thank Him for restoration. Thank Him for healing. Father, we thank You tonight. Thank You, Lord. Thank You, Lord. Father, Your Word says that You work all things together for good. And so we just speak to every situation that's happening in the people's lives here, those who might be listening, those prayer requests that have been put in. Father, Your Word says You work all things together for good. So we're standing on that promise tonight. And whatever situation it is, you are working it together for our good. Working it together. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Mm. Father, in my heart, I know we prayed last week about this virus. And it's upgraded to a pandemic, whatever that means. Mm. Father, we just speak that you turn all things together for good. And Father, I just pray that people will run to you, not to doctors. They will run to you for all that they need. That this, much like other things that have happened in the past, turns people's hearts to you, not to this world. They realize that there's nothing in this world that can satisfy And Father, that people's hearts will just turn to You. They will seek hope and find it in You. The churches would begin to fill up. <laughs> As they're trying to shut other places down, the churches would begin to fill up because people don't know what to do but to turn to You. So we're asking You tonight, corporately, to work this virus together for good. We know it's not of you. We know it's not from you. But we know that you can work all things together. Father, I just pray that you will supernaturally heal people through this. That many who are lost, who are headed towards eternal damnation, will turn their hearts to you and accept you as their Lord and Savior. 
And Father, we pray a hedge of protection over this church, over this congregation, over this city, over this area. And Father, we speak that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. And so we take our authority that you've given us and use that precious name of Jesus and speak in the name of Jesus, I call us healthy and whole. We receive that tonight. We receive it tonight. Over this church, over this school, over all those families, those children, grandparents. We thank you for that tonight. We thank you for that tonight. Thank you, Lord. Church, I'd ask if you could just be in agreement with me in prayer tonight. There's someone that we know who is potentially they, they're suggesting or thinking there might be a tumor inside um, their head or inside their brain. And we're just going to speak against that tonight. That if one is found, that it shrivels up. If one is there, it's beginning to shrink now. And all the side effects that are occurring in that person's life because of it will begin to cease and desist in Jesus' name. So Father, we just lift this person up to you who wishes to be unnamed at this point. But Father, we are thanking you already for the testimony that is coming. Father, we just thank you that any scan that shows any kind of mass is just going to be evidence that we can use later to show that that mass has shriveled up and is completely gone. Father, we speak against every, everything that tries to come against this person's life. We cast it down in Jesus' name. We cast it down in Jesus' name. Every symptom that is trying to come against this person, whether it be seizures or memory loss or anger or all the things that affect in the brain, we say no more in Jesus' name. Healing happen. Healing happen. Now in Jesus' name. Whole, whole, whole. And we speak to that mass, if there is one, and there might be, where if there is one, Father, we speak to it now in Jesus' name and say, shrink. Shrink, 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 shrink. Shrink now. Father, we say shrink with no treatment in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. Touch them now tonight. Thank you, Lord. 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 Yes, Lord. Thank you, Lord. That's right. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord, for that testimony. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. 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 
Father, tonight we pray for finances as well. Thank you, Father, that you are opening up the floodgates of heaven. You are bringing forth financial provision more than we have ever expected or even imagined. Thank you, Father, that all bills are not just paid, Father God, but we're able to help others pay their bills. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that this mortgage is not just paid, but we're helping other people pay their mortgages. Father, you are the God of provision and the God of harvest. Father, we thank you every bill is paid. Every debt is paid, just as you've paid every debt for us. Thank you, Lord. We receive that provision tonight. We thank you for that provision tonight. Mm. Thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you for revelation. Thank you for revelation. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. If you have a financial need in your life, you don't need to raise your hand, but just begin to thank him. <laughs> thank him for what he's doing, for making a way, for showing you, giving you wisdom and things that you need wisdom for favor in your jobs, favor in promotions. Mm, that's right. Thank you, Lord. 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 Reminded of a message I heard that the Lord has given you everything you need to create the wealth that is needed for the calling on your life. He has provided it to you, in you and through you. So thank him for that tonight. Father, we thank you for that tonight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, we just thank you for unity within this church. Father, we speak unity over this church, unity amongst churches in this area, as you are already making a wonderful way for that to happen more and more. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. 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 Father, as we close out this time of just worship, Father, we thank you for all you're doing in our lives, for all you're doing in this church. Father, we just ask for more fruit. More fruit. We've seen fruit, Father, but we just want more fruit. More fruit in every area of ministry within this church. More fruit. More evidence of your goodness and faithfulness before us. 
We know that you are. We know that you will. So we're just asking you for more fruit, Lord. Father, we lift up this youth night to you this coming Sunday night as we are wanting with our hearts to connect these youth together, connect them with you and with each other. Father, I just pray for a great turnout. I pray that every student that walks in there, every leader that walks in there on Sunday night, that their life is just transformed. Their life is just different as they walk out of there. With a new fire for you, the new understanding of you. We thank you for it. And Father, we lift up this weekend as well as Reverend Jeremy Gall is coming in. Father, I just thank you for the healings that will occur. I thank you for the miracles that will take place. Father, I just pray that people will just be led to come here even for the first time and they will not even know why they feel led to come, but they will be touched by your absolute beautiful power on Sunday. And so, Father, we just make a way for that tonight as we pray and intercede, getting ready for that Sunday service, Lord. I pray for Jeremy that you will just anoint him with more, 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 more as he brings your word. Thank you for his ministry. Him and Jocelyn, Lord, thank you for their ministry that they're doing. Thank you for their children, Eden and Cohen, Lord, as they travel with their parents, as they minister as they preach the gospel as well, Lord. Thank you, Father, for them. May we be a blessing to them as well this weekend, as we know they'll be a blessing to us. We thank you, Lord, this weekend. We will see lives change forever. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you for it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are a good, good Father. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Lift all these things up in your precious name, we pray. Amen. Amen, amen. amen. All right, turn around and say hello to someone. All right, guys, how are we doing? Good, good, good. Well, you guys can keep my family in prayer. I'll tell you what, God's, God's, God's doing some big work. I know that he is, especially when the enemy, yeah, when the enemy ups his attacks and he's trying to mess with you and mess with your family and stuff like that, it's almost like you start laughing. You're just like, okay, this is, this is getting to the point of ridiculousness now. So in the beginning, at the very end of the year, um, our family kind of went through a virus of some kind. It was like the cruise ship virus or something it was called. And then uh, everyone was better for like two or three days, and people started getting sick again, like round two of a different kind of virus. Like, what is going on? So we got better from that, and now recently, two of my kids have pink eye, and the third one looks like having signs of pink eye. They've missed like all week of school, and I'm just like, you know what? I'm done with this. This is ridiculous. This is ridiculous. And so just continue prayer for for my family as well. That's right. I mean, God is working on some big stuff. I know it. Enemy can sense it. He doesn't know what's going to go down, but he's sensing. He's thinking. He's like, oh, there's something going on here. So, amen. Okay, we're going to do, this is week two uh, of, we started last week talking about uncommon faith. 
uncommon faith. And we kind of laid out some fundamentals uh, last week about faith. We looked at Hebrews 1. Uh, we talked about different versions and translations of that, what that looked like. And we left off here in 1 John 5, 4 and 5. I want to read that first to you guys and just and we'll move on from there. It says, For whatever is born of God overcomes the world. Whatever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Our faith in Jesus Christ, our Lord, our Savior, has given us that amazing, amazing ability to overcome the world because he's overcome the world. Amen? He has overcome the world. And then we looked at Hebrews 10, verse 38 and 39. We'll pull that up there if I have that. Okay. It says, Now the just shall live by faith. The just shall live, those who are justified, we shall live by faith. And I'll tell you what, living in any other way other than living by faith, I don't know how people do it. Honestly, I don't know how people, I talk to different people and just the struggles that they have in their life, how do they move on without a hope and without this faith that God has given us? But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him, then verse 39 But we are not of those who draw back to perdition, but of those who believe to the saving of the soul. And so we talked last week that this uncommon faith is a faith that's aggressive, that it's never passive. Aggressive faith never takes no for an answer. We have to we have to stop. We have to not have those answers anymore. You know what? We don't we don't accept that answer. In fact, we were at school, and I won't mention the teacher's name today. Uh, but we were talking to them, and we were telling them about uh, the pink eye. And one of them said, you know, it's you know, almost like it's a matter of time before the whole family gets this pink eye. And it's like, whoa, 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 no, 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 no. We, no, 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 we don't receive that. We don't accept that. You know, we're standing on faith. We're standing on God's word that it ends with who has it now. And we say that it's broken in Jesus' name. And so it doesn't take, it doesn't take that for an answer. And faith never backs up and never backs down and never quits. This aggressive faith that God's calling us to never backs up, never backs down or quits. And the analogy that <clears throat> this, uh, this teaching was using, I said, I remember, I think I told you last week, I pulled some of this teaching from Kenneth Copeland Ministries, and it talks about aggressive faith is like a bulldog. It's like a bulldog. And I was just like, okay, you know, there's all kinds of different dogs. Why a bulldog? Why a bulldog? And it went to explain that a bulldog, actually, I don't have a picture of it. Maybe I should have got a picture. A bulldog has a nose that is like back behind. It's like sunken in a little bit. And the reason why a bulldog has a nose that's like that so that when it bites down on something, it can still breathe. It can still breathe. So we have to have a faith like that that says we bite down on God's word that says this is the promise we're standing on. No matter what, if someone's trying to shake it off and get, no, I am not going to let that thing go. I'm going to bite down on that thing like a bulldog. That's all we have to remember. Like a bulldog. Because, hey, we can still breathe, but we just are not letting go of the answer that we have in the name of Jesus and what he's doing in our life. And so I want to go on this bulldog faith. It's, it's, uh, they wrote down, it's stubbornly aggressive. Persistent and determined. Persistent and determined. And for me, you know, as we, as we go through, you know, this life with Liz and I, as we go, it's like, we have to continue to stand on things. 
We have to continue to stand on God's word in every area of our life. And we honestly, we can't give up. And the moments sometimes I feel like even when we have given up and we're just like, oh, this isn't going to work. I mean, it, it doesn't, it ends up not working. <laughs> and every, every time when we stand on faith and say, you know what, I'm believing that this is what it's going to be. This is what God's will is. This is what he said. And over the course of time, it comes to pass. Amen. And I've realized more and more that's I think I encourage you guys on Sunday to write stuff down that God has given you and said to you so you can go back and remind yourself of what he has said. Go back and remind yourself to what he has said because as we see it with our eyes and as we begin to speak it with our mouths, I'm telling you, it becomes, it becomes a reality in our life. Ends up becoming a reality in our life. And if I go back, I think this note that I have in my phone started in 2010. So it's been a decade and I can scroll through, I mean, I mean the note's got to be, I don't know how many pages if I would print it, of stuff that the Lord has said. And I go back and I look at stuff and say, man, he did that. Man, he did that. Man, he did that. Oh, here's one he hasn't done yet. And he's like, I'm looking forward to the day that he does this one. I'm looking forward to the day that he does this one. And we can stand on those promises that he has given us, continue to stand on those promises. Galatians, 3, uh, Galatians 6, verse 9 I don't know, did I put that one up there? Did I give it to you guys? I did. Uh, let us not grow weary while doing good. So you might be growing weary from the storm, weary from the trial, the tribulation, but it says the Bible encourages us, do not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Like a bulldog hanging on to that thing to the very end, because God will always fulfill the promises that he has. And then Hebrews 10.23 says this, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. We can stand on that verse, that he who promises it is faithful every time. So what I told you last week is we would start walking through the steps to developing this uncommon faith. What are some of the things we can do in our life, the steps to developing an uncommon faith? So step one is this, to receive Jesus as a developer of your faith. Step number one, receive Jesus as the developer of your faith. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, I'm going to read this. It says, therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance, the race that is set before us. Looking where? Looking unto Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of our faith. For the joy that was set before him endured the cross. I mean, he endured more than we could ever imagine. Despising the shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. And we'll talk a little bit about the author and finisher of our faith. I started thinking about those two words uh, I'm not a huge writer. I don't know, maybe God someday will call me to write something, but I'm not a big writer, but I think of an author, we think of somebody who writes something down. And you think of an author as a creator. They're creating something that is unique and something new, that is something special for, for us. And when Jesus says he is our author, he is authoring that faith on the inside of us. Fresh, new, for you, for me, completely new. He is the author of that. And I started thinking about, well, he's, if he's already creating it, but he's also finishing it. And so I don't know if you, a lot of you guys know this. I don't tell this story very much, but I was a drywall finisher 
Yeah, believe it or not, during high school and in, over, in college over my summers with my dad. My dad did drywall finishing, spackling it's also called. I think he did it for like 45 years. God bless him. I mean, a, I mean he hung drywall and finished it, I don't know how he did it, into his 70s. So, I mean, this is my dad. I think he can still kick my butt, honestly. He's 83. He's like this muscle. He's wild. Anyway. I digress, but he would, we would finish, we would, we would spackle, and we would finish stuff. And I said, the author and the finisher. And I was thinking of what a finisher does. What does a finisher do? He takes something that is a bunch of pieces of drywall or sheetrock that has a bunch of holes and a bunch of gaps in it. And he makes it all together into one beautiful wall that can be painted beautiful colors, however God chooses to do it. The finisher. I've always, and I never thought of it that way as I was reading it. And God just reminded me of what it meant to be a finisher. And when you initially start putting that spackle on the wall and start closing up, it's a little rough in the beginning. That first coat's a little rough. You put the tape in, it's a little rough. Then the second coat, you start smoothing it out. The third one, you start smoothing it out even more. And it's a process. So not only has he authored the faith, but he's working to finish the faith. And it's a process. It's a process. He's filling every crack, every nail hole, every corner, every joint he's bringing together, and he's finishing that in each and every one of our lives. He develops a faith the same way a trainer develops your body. You got to work it out. You got to work it out. I always laugh. I used to talk to the youth when I was a youth pastor. I'd always trick them. I'd say, how many of you want to be more like Jesus? And they're all like, yeah, 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 me too. Now, I know you guys won't fall for this. Right? Yeah, me too, me too, me too. Okay, so now you have to go through some things that Jesus went through. Because if you want to be like Jesus, you want to develop, you're going to have to go through stuff. You have to go. I know it's like, oh, that's the sad part of it, but this is life. The author and finisher of our faith, he develops that faith, but he's not going to, how does he develop the faith other than you go through some things? He doesn't author a lot of those things that happen. He authors the faith to get through the things that we have to get through in our life. So he is that author. He is that finisher. And I thought, talk, think about what, is it, what does it take to become an expert? And I did a little Google search. And it says for somebody to become an expert at something, you should study it or practice it for 10,000 hours. 10,000 hours. I was like, That's a long time. So we talked about this. I like math, you know, engineer, whatever. You know, I like to do numbers. I can do them quickly in my head. And so in my head, I was just like, you know, I could do that for 1,000 hours a year for 10 years. So I could become an expert at something in 10 years. It would take me three hours a day. I'm like, you know what? I could do that. And how many of us have waited and not become experts in the word or expert in things in our life because, I don't know, we're too busy doing other things. We got distracted doing other things. But I'm like, you know, I'm going to take the next 10 years and continue to develop myself to be an expert in the things of faith. And I think we all should be doing that. Maybe you don't have three hours a day. Maybe you got two. Maybe you got one. But maybe that'll take you a few extra years. But you can begin to develop this expertise, expertise in God's word. I think that's so important. So step one, to receive Jesus as a developer of our faith. Step two is to give the word, give God's word first place and make it final authority. Give it first place and make it final authority in our lives. Proverbs 4, 20 through 22 
says, my son, give attention to my words. We want to have an uncommon faith. We've got to look to Jesus as our author and finisher. And then we have to make the word first place and make it final authority. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my saying. Do not let them depart from your eyes. I love this. He lists, now he's going to list the eyes and your heart. And he starts listing body parts of things that we need to make sure we're getting the feeding the word of God. And do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. This word that we can stand on is health to our flesh. So we want to develop this uncommon faith. We need to focus our effort and our attention on making God's word first place in our life. Luke uh, 10 verses 38 through 42, I don't have it up there, uh, but it's talking about Mary, how Mary put the word first place in her life. We must build our schedule. This is, I think Rick Renner said this. Oh, here's Rick Renner said this. No word, no breakfast. No word, no breakfast. And I'll tell you, I've been trying to make it a habit that before I eat, and man, I wake up like I want to eat. But I just try to do my Bible time first because I just feel like, you know what, if I'm going to nourish my, anything first, I'm going to nourish my spirit with a cup of coffee goes with that. I'm just saying, there is coffee with the Bible. Is anybody okay with that? Is that okay? All right. Yeah. It says this, this uh, in this teaching, it says this. I'll, I'll use this one directly from here. It says, we must build our schedule around the Word instead of trying to fit the Word into our busy schedule. Amen. You know, how many of us have planners and day things, you know, you know on, our, on our phones? We've got Outlook calendars, Google calendars, and i got every kind of calendar you can imagine. But what if the first thing you placed in that calendar was your time in the Word of God? And then you begin to schedule everything else around that. And too often, I think, in our lives, we try to just fit it in wherever we can fit it in. And what I've realized more and more in my life is I need to fit that in first and let the rest of the stuff uh, make its way out. And honestly, I don't want to sound harsh. Um, i try to be more pastoral here. <laughs> but I think so many times people come to us with issues and challenges, and we meet them in our office and we're trying to counsel them. And one of the very first questions I asked was like, well, tell me about your time in the Word. Well, you know, I, I, I just haven't. I, and I'm just like, could, could we just stop the counseling session right there just for a minute? And I know people have issues and challenges and far beyond that I, I can counsel. We've got great references to other counselors and stuff like that. But if we could just start there. Say, well, I'm, my marriage is struggling. I said, well, how much time are you spending in the Word? Well, I'm not. Nope. Oh. What do, you, what, what do you want me, as your pastor, what do you want me to go do? I mean, I'm your spiritual counselor, so I'm going to counsel you spiritually to get time in the Word. How much are you praying? How much time are you in the Word? I mean, but I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with this, I'm dealing with that. Well, how much time you spend? Well, I'm not really spending much time in the Word. I, I, I don't know how, what else to help, I don't know how to help you. You know, and I'm not trying to be harsh or like, you know, trying to be uncompassionate or anything like that, but I'm just telling them the truth. It says, okay, you have these challenges, but if you're not doing this, how do we expect that our life is going to change on the other side in any way, shape, or form? And then step three, I'll probably end with this. Uh, there's seven steps. We'll catch them, the rest of them probably next week. Step three is this, is continually to feed on the word. So not just make it first place and final authority, but we have to continually to feed on the word. 
Matthew 4, 4 says this. Hopefully I have that one up there. I do. You guys are great back there. But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone. Not by bread alone. Not by the physical food, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And we have it written down right here in front of us. There's like no excuses. I mean, you got it on your phone. You got it everywhere you go. I mean, it is so easy. We have so much access to it, more so than anywhere else, really, probably in the world. We have access to be able to go do this. And I think of continually feeding on the word. You know, somebody, I don't know who, maybe Bill Johnson said this. I can't remember. Somebody asked him one time, uh, you know, well, you know, I don't always remember what I read in the word. You say, well, Pastor Jason, you keep telling me, read the word, but then sometimes I don't remember it. Well, do you remember exactly what you ate three Fridays ago for lunch? No, you don't, unless you eat the same thing for lunch every day. You don't remember, but did it nourish you? Absolutely it nourished you. It got you through the rest of that Friday. But you don't remember exactly what it is, so it's okay when you're reading God's word. You don't remember exactly what you read. It is nourishing your spirit. It is nourishing you even more so than you can understand. And I'll tell you, when you do it, the Lord always, at least in my life, man, I don't know about in yours, but when I'm reading the word, whatever I'm reading that morning, there's an opportunity to apply that in my life like that day. It's like that day. It's like, how does this work? You know what I mean? God's word, it's living. It knows what you're going to face that day. And so how would we not want to go into this word and build this faith, this uncommon faith up by reading this word and pouring it into our lives? Um, I was talking to somebody the other day uh, about Smith Wigglesworth, and I I disagreed with something that the person said. But I can tell you one thing, that Smith Wigglesworth was a man of the word. And so everyone's like, oh, he did these great miracles and all this stuff happened through his life. And surely there was a great anointing that God had on his life, raising people from the dead and seeing healings and salvations. But he read the word constantly. At dinner, he read the word. There was a break in the conversation. He'd open up, he'd read the word. I think he made a comment. He says, I'm not ever fully dressed until I have the word of God somewhere on my person. In his pocket, I think he would carry around like a small Bible. It would be with him all the time. We want to say, oh, man, I wish I could have a ministry like Smith Wigglesworth. <laughs> Are you willing? To, I mean, he wouldn't even allow a newspaper into his house, right? It's like, now leave that up, put that in the bushes at the front door. It's not coming into my house. Only thing in my house is the word of God. And if we could live like that, we should you imagine what we see on the other side as we come through some of that. So continually feed on the word. I'm thinking of, okay, so I got my little man Jairus now. He's eight. My goodness, I, the insatiable appetite on certain days that that kid has, he just starts eating everything he can find, everything that he can see, he just starts eating and eating and eating. Now, I've had, we've had four girls ahead of him, none of them have done this, but he, I think it's a boy thing, he is just eating and eating and eating and eating and eating, and when, I, when he does it, it reminds me of, could we be like the growing boy? Amen. You know, just feeding and feeding in our insatiable appetite to get the word of God on the inside of us every single day. And then we can stand on those promises when we have those things. So I'm going to end there for tonight. Uh, this, the word is faith food for our spirit. Amen? Is faith food for our spirit. This word truly contains all of the nutrients all of the nutrients that we need, every one of them. 
This is not like Doritos going down, praying that it turns into a carrot because it's orange. You know, have you ever heard that joke? Like, Lord, help this. Lord, you know, we pray over your food. Lord, I pray that this Dorito turns into a carrot as it goes down, you know, my esophagus. It doesn't work that way. You put junk in, junk starts to happen in here. But you put health food in, health starts to happen in here. Amen? This is how it works, how God's word works. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for tonight. Thank you for all you're doing. Thank you for answered prayers. We thank you for miracles. Father, we thank you for health and healing, supernatural protection, and over all that we do. Father, bless each and every person here for the rest of this week. May we feed on your word. May we have a passion and desire to develop an uncommon faith of digging into your word, of standing on your word. Father, for you truly tell us that Jesus is the author and the finisher of our faith. So, Father, we just ask, Lord, that you continue to fill in all those cracks, spackle all those holes, all those angles, all those corners, as you are developing us into that beautiful, beautiful thing that you have for us, Lord. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 See you on Sunday. Jeremy Gall. Sunday morning is going to be great. Thank you for being a part of today's Faith Communications broadcast of Erie Christian Fellowship Church. If you do not currently have a church home, you are invited to join us on Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock. Erie Christian Fellowship is located at 5900 Saratania Road, directly across from the Walnut Creek Middle School. You'll find us on the web at www.ecfchurch.org, where you may sign up to receive our monthly Faith Communications newsletter. Again, thanks for joining us today, and always remember 2 Corinthians 5-7 that declares, For we walk by faith, not by sight.